Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius on this. Can we call it a victory? It feels like a victory Monday. The new leaf, the Bucks' last loss is in the rearview mirror, and week nine could not have gone more swimmingly for Tampa Bay. J.C. Allen, also PewterReport.com, with me today on the show to talk about a bye week that went the Bucks' way. Pretty exciting time for Tampa Bay. Goes away for the team, goes the way for the division, the conference, Tom Brady. It's a good week to be off, JC. Yeah, I mean, everything that could have that you could have wanted to happen kind of happened, except maybe the Cardinals pulling out a win uh, mm-hmm. with, with no Kyler Murray. And and maybe, you know, today's news about some certain players uh, not being able to go after a full week, you know, week off in the bye. But yeah, they definitely won that bye week. You look at everyone uh, where they fell in their losses kind of put Tampa still right in the mix for that number one seed. And it was uh, definitely a good, good weekend. If you're a Bucks fan. Yeah. Good week not to be playing too. If you were a good team in the NFL, cause there were upsets all over the place <laughs> felt like one of the weirdest weeks in the NFL that I can remember in a while. And we're going to break it all down. We're going to talk about those games, those teams. We're going to look around the NFC, look at the state of things, uh, talk about the bucks and how they were, uh, it was advantageous bye week for them and in a lot of different ways. Uh, we're going to look at that. We'll also look at the injury report and see which Bucks are expected back this week and uh, against Washington and then which Bucks are probably going to be out maybe a little bit longer. Got some updates from Bruce Arians today to talk about as well as some other comments which we'll get into. And of course, we'll talk about Tom Brady's MVP odds, which are suddenly very, very promising, which should have been before. And we'll talk about why that is as well, too. And it's all brought to you by our friends over at Celsius. Celsius powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. You can see a bunch of the flavors up there on the screen. You got your wild berry, your Fuji apple pear, your watermelon, your kiwi guava, and your orange. And I've got the peach vibe, sparkling white peach edition here in my hand. No sugar, no crash from Celsius energy drinks, yet they taste unbelievable. They give you the energy boost that you need, not too much where you're like, shaky and everything but just enough so that you can be productive and then rest afterward turn it off afterward it's the perfect energy drink and the best flavor combined into one thing where can you find this little cheat code well you can find it at stores near you uh you can also go to celsius.com use that store locator find out which stores sell it near you or you can click on the banner ads at peterreport.com or use amazon to do the subscribe and save option get yourself a bunch of different flavors coming in on the regular from our friends over at Celsius. So we are pumped about that relationship, pumped that they are sponsoring today's podcast as they do all the Peter Report podcasts and pumped to be back talking a little bucks. We had a couple days off there, JC, but we're going to go four days in a row here. We're going to have podcasts today, Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. So we're going to have lots of great content coming your way this week. Bucks fans are Laying low a little bit on the bye week, understand it, uh, but time to come on back, time to text your friends and tell them uh, the Pewter Report podcast is back in action and we're getting ready, cranking out the content. Stevie, we appreciate the the acknowledgement there. We have tried to stay diligent on it, even on the bye week, try to get as many unique pieces out to you. If you haven't read pewterreport.com, make sure you're going over to the site and checking out. Lots of content went up there today, including my midseason grades for each player, each of the 16 players that have played over 100 snaps this year for the Bucks offense, I graded all of them and wrote a little analysis, and I gave you their stats, what what their statistical output should be this season um, if their current pace holds up. 
Um, and we already got news right after that, that it sounds like some of that pacing will be difficult because <laughs> Antonio Brown might not play this week. Bruce Aaron said, I believe, let me quote him exactly so that I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not messing with the way that he said it at all. But I basically, he was kind of, he seemed, he seemed kind of unsure. He said, I don't know if AB is going to make it back this week. He said, uh, and he said the same about Gronk, but it seemed like with AB, it was a little more pointed. He said, Gronk, mm. you're still not totally sure. But he said, I don't know if A.B. will make it back this week. He said he's still in the walking boot. So for Antonio Brown, it could be a fourth missed game this season out of nine. And then maybe the Giants game he's back for. Uh, but he's an important player for this Bucks offense. And so hopefully that recovery can be sped up a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, it, those injuries can turn into nagging injuries. He's still in a boot, you know, two weeks later after the fact, even though he's biking with it. Um, it it's still a little nerve wracking. And you mentioned the Giants. And uh, there's a former Giants wide receiver who's hitting waivers today. But if Antonio Brown can't mm. come back, could mm. this be a potential landing spot for OBJ, given him and Tom's relationship? And we know what Tom does when he's got to relate. I'm surprised Josh Gordon didn't come down here. Could OBJ be a buccaneer if he passes through waivers unclaimed Mm, fans are already sounding off before you've even brought up this topic they've already sounded off in the chat giving their opinions most people seem to be against the signing of obj uh alan says ab added something obj wouldn't here's my biggest issue with the obj outside of the fact that claiming him off waivers is is out uh he's cost too much money with the way the browns restructured his release um, so the Bucks can't claim him off waivers. It doesn't sound like anybody's going to claim him off waivers because of the cost. So he probably clears waivers. He's also maybe threatening shoulder surgery if he gets cleared off waivers. Then he'll have his choice of where to go, and he'll be able to do you know, what the price of that looks like. I have no idea. Obviously, the Bucks cannot offer very much, even if they were to be in on this. I have zero expectation that the Bucks will be in on OBJ whatsoever for the pure entertainment of talking about it as an option, because I know fans want to hear about it. Everybody's talking about it in the chat. It's clear that people want to hear what we think about it. Um, I just don't think OBJ is the same player he was before. And I hate saying that because I think he was, you know, those first four or five years, whatever it was, he was one of the best wide receivers we have ever seen. And he was on a pace that could have made him the best we've ever seen. I mean, that kind of talent, there were no weaknesses to his game. He could do everything at an elite level. He's a special athlete, a special technician, special after the catch. He was just incredible. And um, I don't think we've seen that guy for a while. Injuries probably played a part in that. I don't know what else has played a part in it. Maybe it's not just injuries. Maybe the, it's the where he's been, Jay-Z. And maybe if he was in a new spot, that would totally change. But that spot is not going to be Tampa Bay and learning this offense in a couple of weeks. And then by the time he learns that AB would be back and it just feels like it'd be a mess. I don't I don't know, though. This Bucks team is so all in right now. They'll do anything they can to win this second championship. Repeat as championships. Go for two, if you will. And I think that if OBJ, you still got two more years left with Tyler Johnson. You got one more year left with Scotty Miller, right? Those guys... If you can, if you can get him to come in on a veteran minimum deal and play that fourth wide receiver, then I think it's potentially a possibility. I mean, he wants to play with Brady. He said this back when Brady was with the Patriots, when he was with the Giants, when the whole everybody wants to play with Brady because you have a chance of winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> but, but Brady wants to play with him too, and we saw. And if you Brady read, likes playing with good players, but he's never but specifically you, said. Hey, he's he said he, he's. 
kind no, of through the lines. No. Read it through the lines. Read through <laughs> he the just lines. says he's really talented. He is really talented. You know, if, he's, if he's vintage OBJ, every quarterback in the league would want to play with. Him. If you read, if you read some of these, some of these experts ex- excerpts from from the new book, um, A Season in the Sun, Tom Brady was knocking on that. Let's sign. Let's sign AB. Let's sign AB. Let's sign. If he goes to Jason Light and Bruce Aaron and say, hey. Let's check in. They're going to do their due diligence. Can we at least agree on that? They're going to do their due diligence on AB. No. On you don't think so? You don't think they even <laughs> Absolutely pick not. up the phone and, and can – no? I have not think there's any interest in signing OBJ at all. doesn't fit. Uh, he'd be the fourth receiver on this team. He wouldn't even be the fourth receiver on this team, by the way, because he'd have to learn the offense still. He's also not Antonio Brown where he's played with AB, where he's 33 years old, where he's had that track record of being able to dominate in any scheme. And as the Steelers scheme changed, he was still good no matter what. That's not what we have here. And we also have a player who's been declining for a couple seasons now and hasn't produced at that level. So – you know, there's that element to it, but there's also the element to it. They really like Tyler Johnson. They want to see more of him. OBJ is not going to do anything on special teams for you. You don't want to risk a, a guy. This also isn't you know, OBJ is still young. Like AB was at the, this was it. If he was going to, you know, his career options were down yeah. to like two and OBJ is going to have way more than that. So I see absolutely no way of it or interest on the Bucks part and no path forward for it. My only point in addressing it was just to say, even if there were interest I just don't see the fit or the timing. I mean, AB's still not on injured reserve, so they still expect him back in the next week or two. And so then, you know, there's just no point. When you're a fourth wide receiver, you want to be somebody in this offense who's like Tyler Johnson, not like OBJ. And by the way, it's a pretty big indictment when Donovan Peoples-Jones goes out and looks way better than OBJ has looked. <laughs> there's no – I have no – like, I am not – now, here's your. Here's a good point. Here's a better way to look at it, JC, in my opinion, is this offseason, if – AB walks and OBJ is a free agent. Maybe, maybe then. I still think if you're OBJ, you're looking for more money, more term than the Bucks are probably willing to give you. I mean, AB's going to, I think he's better than OBJ right now, but he's older. And so is he looking to cash in one more time or does that help him come back to the Bucks? I believe that it will. I think Godwin and AB will be back, but we don't know. And it's impossible to say with AB at this point. If he goes off over the last, you know, whatever weeks of the season, Maybe he's so productive, somebody else throws him the bag and he takes it for you know a couple, even as old as he is. But for the OBJ, I mean, yeah, if that didn't work out, would they would they at least inquire in the offseason if he were a free agent? That might be a possibility. We'll see. Um, there's still a lot of question marks I have, but that would be. But right now, can't can't uh, can't envision it at all. I th- I think they at least make a phone call, see what he's at, depending on AB's injury and how severe it is. And we'll I get you know we really don't know. Bruce keeps that stuff tight, uh, tight to the chest. But, you know, in, in the end, I don't think he comes to Tampa Bay. You know, it's just right. fun to play that. You know, what if, what could happen? I, I still think they make the phone call, though. Just kind of t- test the water, see what his interest level, see what everything is going on. Well, you you finally got some OBJ thoughts out of us, Bucks fans. So there you go. I hope you're happy. I hope you're satisfied. I'm excited for the comments we get on this podcast. Can't believe you all are even talking about OBJ. Trash analysts. You watch, the, watch the games. You really think he's coming here? This makes no sense. Meanwhile, we didn't even necessarily want to wade into these waters, but here we go. Uh, we talked about OBJ, so there you go. You have it. Um, that's that's our opinions on the OBJ thing. Um, I'm excited to see where he lands. I think it's going to be Seattle or the Saints. I'm surprised the Packers haven't been thrown out there as a possibility. Seattle with Russ coming back. Yeah, I mean, I, I think just I- well, they got Lockett and DK. I just 
you know. Yeah, but they don't have a third guy really, and that oh, offense they're going to have to throw the ball a ton. And yeah. well, yeah, I mean, you saw how important a third guy is in today's NFL, especially if your defense looks like Seattle's. <laughs> You're going to have to throw the ball a lot. I feel like so. Um, yeah. yeah, with Russ coming back, I can see that being a possibility, but we'll see. The Saints will be in the mix, maybe. But if you're OBJ, I don't know. Do you want to sign with Trevor Simeon? <laughs> I mean, you're going to be a free agent after the year. So if you're just looking for targets, maybe, but um, <laughs> we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. All right. Let's talk about uh, the uh, week nine slate because it went great for the Bucs. It was yes. extremely advantageous. The the aforementioned Saints lost to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, that was a look like the Falcons were going to Falcon hard. <laughs> they let the Saints with Trevor Simeon. Dear God, who actually played okay this week um, compared to last week where he didn't do anything and the Bucs still let him win. Um, this week, he actually led the back. They had like six points going with like seven minutes left in the game. And then they went they went and took a 25-24 lead. It was incredible. And then the Falcons with 50-some seconds left. Boom, bomb from Matt Ryan to Corderell Patterson. Uh, Paulson Adab- Adebo, the rookie, got beat down the right sideline. Big play, and Patterson continues his career. Uh, revival. I mean, it is unbelievable what that guy's done uh, this season. It's been fun to watch. But the Falcons are kind of in the picture now a little bit. The Saints are also still obviously in the picture, but the division is solely led by the Bucs and going into a favorable part of their schedule. Hopefully Tampa Bay can keep it that way now. Yeah, you know, (laughs) you can always count on Young Ho uh, to to bring you home. But, you know, the funny thing is about the Saints, news came out this week too that during the trade deadline – did you hear this too? That they were going after Teddy Bridgewater, but the Broncos shut that down. That mm. just kind of shows you the faith they have in Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon going forward. And uh, you know, I, I they have an uphill battle. I thought with Jameis Winston, I thought you know they would definitely be a playoff team. It's going to be really interesting to see how the second half of the season plays out for the Saints because you know they have some difficult games left on the docket. They got to play the Titans, who are red hot right now. They got to play the Cowboys still. They got to play the Bills still. They have to play obviously the Bucks again. Um, you know, they've got some teams that they're going to have to go up against and uh, they could easily lose all of those games that I mentioned. And also, you never know with divisional games, you know, look, look yep. at the Bucks, also the Saints and they just lost to the Falcons. So it'd be interesting. Right. And it was just it was not just the Saints either, by the way. I, you know, people, the national broadcast team was so funny for this game. I don't even remember who it was, but they were like, this is a shocking result when the Falcons were up 24 to six. And maybe the advantage was shocking at that point because Atlanta had been very good. It wasn't like Atlanta was killing them the whole game. It was Atlanta took a long time to build even a 24 to six lead. Um, and they needed some collapses from the Saints to do it. I know Atlanta without Calvin Ridley, and you know maybe the thought process was the Saints would be able to squeak that one out, but I fully saw that as a completely competitive game, and I think it's so indicative of how result-based we are as, a, as an analyst industry in the NFL. We just look at game results and say, wow, like Saints beat the Bucs and got Brady to throw two interceptions and, and fumble. They must be. They must be for real, like – Nah, like look at the process of what it took to get there on those plays and just through the game in general, how many missed opportunities the Bucks had. Bucks knew it. They've said it. We beat ourselves. They've been very open about it. And I, you know, I think that that's fine to be as long as they take that part seriously. But the rest of the national media, I can't believe it. They're losing to the Falcons one week. No, that's about the level they're at. Like if the Saints and Falcons played right now, the current versions of each other. Yeah, I'd expect that kind of a game basically every time. Like it just. I don't know why people are really surprised by that. The Saints team is not in the conversation with the top five teams in the NFC. It is a bummer that the Bucs 
you know, lost one to them, but you know, they're not on that level this year. You know, they have talented and they're well coached on def- defensively. Uh, they have talent and they're well coached overall, but too many holes on offense. Not a, you can't yeah. win today's NFL without playmakers and without a quarterback. It's just the I chances tell- of that happening are low. I will tell you, they got me. They they got me. They reeled me in with that defensive performance. Do you put money defense- on them? No, I dropped the Cleveland Browns defense and picked up the Saints defense in fantasy. Oh Cleveland went off for 24 points against the Bengals, and yeah, Saints went for four. So, yeah, I was gonna cost, say, cost me a week this week, uh, a loss this yeah. week. Uh, I mean, and the Saints have to be so elite defensively to make up for what they have on offense right now, especially because they're not even running the ball that well this season. Uh, just it's hard to envision a path forward for them that looks as good as the first half of the season did. I just don't see it. I think the Bucs will win, end up winning the division pretty easily, uh, and we'll look back at that game and be like, wow, really missed opportunity to take control of things early, but kept things interesting for us uh, down the stretch, which is what the Bucs do best. The Rams were also lost. Harvinder uh, said, surprise, the Rams look so bad at home too. Yeah, they. this was another weird one. This kind of honestly reminded me a little bit of what of the Bucs did, not the result necessarily or the way it looked. But the fact that, I mean, the Rams basically handed the Titans, what, 14 points, right? Threw yeah. a pick six and threw a pick uh, right at their own goal line. So, you know, put the Titans on like the one-yard line. And so basically just handed them 14 points. The rest of the game was pretty evenly matched. Defensive struggle. You know, Titans offense only had like 194 total <laughs> yards. Like Rams defense hasn't even been great, and they kind of found it in this game. And they were really good and didn't matter because the Rams offense kind of had put them on the eight ball and then once the titans got up the titans defense just kind of protected that lead really well stafford didn't play quite as well as he normally does and so yeah this one looked pretty impressive from part of the titans but for the rams how indicative is they know they played they've lost the titans and the cardinals now and but those are the only two losses but neither of those games have really been close jc and that was kind of the theme i mean the the packers obviously they might be a team that you know they say asterisk lost because jordan love was in there absolutely looking awful by the way (laughs) the the chiefs they lost in that game 13 to 7 but i feel like if you're the packers you kind of have the best case for coming out of this when when the saints lose and the rams lose and the cowboys lose to the broncos and get blown out if you're the packers you're like oh hold on a second this is just our second loss of the season our first loss since week one and Jordan Love was the quarterback. Like, come yeah. on, like give us a little asterisk here. We get Rodgers back in here. We could still be, you know, the one or two seed. And maybe they can be. I'm not sure I feel that that high. And maybe for the regular season, um, oh. they can they're certainly gonna be in that conversation because that division's so bad. Yeah, both of both of those teams that you mentioned right there, the Rams and the Packers, they both have really tough divisional uh uh road. Uh, roads ahead of them schedule wise uh, you look at some of the teams that they have to face I mean the Rams 49ers haven't been themselves but they got the Packers they've got the Cardinals again they've got the Seahawks with dangerous cooking back there the Ravens what version of the Ravens are they going to be and then they've got the vaunted Jags too so I mean the Rams the Rams could really present a challenge uh, you know trying to get that number one seed and this loss certainly helps uh, the Buccaneers case and then you switch over to the Packers they still have some teams too. I mean, they've got to face they face the Seahawks next week. It seems like Russell Wilson will be back. We'll see if he's got uh, OBJ with them, but uh, and how effective he can be. But they they have to play the Rams themselves. They have to play the Ravens as well. And the Browns they have a little bit easier. They face the Vikings twice, the Bears once, the the Lions once. Um, so they have a little bit easier path than the Rams. But you know, those are the teams I'm looking at in Arizona. But you know, I thought I thought Air, Arizona might struggle in this game without. 
Kyler Murray, but they didn't. I mean, they're, they're looking really, no. really good on both sides of the ball. So, uh, you know, you look at those, those, those are the three teams I think that you're competing with. And then the Cowboys too, the, the Cowboys who shockingly lost. That was shocking. That was crazy to me. Like, to be honest, it's like I said, the Saints result wasn't that crazy. Packers without Jordan Love, I expected them to lose. Um, Rams, that's a tough. Titans are a tough team. They've already played a bunch of the good teams tough. You make two mistakes like that, it can turn a whole game, and it did. Um, but the Cowboys, I mean, that wasn't even like a – we turned it over six times, and it just was unlucky stuff. They got destroyed. Like, they couldn't yeah. move the football yeah. against Denver, who I think is just a, like an average team at best. I mean, that was crazy. That was crazy. Totally different team. Than what we've seen through the first beat for the beginning of the season. And it wasn't just Dak on the ankle, you know, not or the heel or whatever it was, not looking as good. They they just look terrible. Like Trayvon Diggs got lit up again, and he, I know he was the MVP front run defensive <laughs> um, player of the year front runner for a while there. It feels like they are, I don't know. I don't know. We're just gonna have to wait and see with Dallas. Obviously, the division's already pretty much locked up, but we're just gonna have to wait and see. But I think you're right, Arizona. Tampa Bay, Green Bay, those feel like the three best teams. Green Bay losing with Jordan Love, okay, Asterix. Bucks beat themselves in week eight, I fully believe. I think they're still one of the top teams. You know, and then I think the Rams and Cowboys are hanging right there. And then who knows with the AFC, we don't have to talk about them, thankfully. So he <laughs> won't, but it's um, a pretty like interesting in the AFC. Watching that Cowboys game, Javante and Javante Williams have a game really hurt. Because I was, I was a champion for him throughout the draft. I really wanted to see him in a Bucks uniform. Uh, and and it's good to see him out there. But the Cow, you know, the Cowboys, though, if this was just like a one-off kind of beat themselves, they have a fairly decent schedule the rest of the way. I mean, they place the, they face the Chiefs, but yeah. really, you know, there's it, it's in two weeks. Does Mahomes turn it turn it on in two weeks? Other than that, they just play the Cardinals really and the Raiders if you want to count them. But then they're playing mm -hmm. Washington twice. They're playing the Eagles. They're playing the Giants. They're playing the Saints. They're playing the Falcons. This is a Cowboys team that really could go on a really hot run if, if this was just a one-off and kind of end the season really giving Tampa kind of a, a run for, for one of the top seeds. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, there's some tough ones in there uh, in the games you just mentioned, obviously, especially if Kyler's back and we'll see. But, I mean, on their winning streak, they beat the Chargers by three. I think the Chargers are good. Um, they might be like Cowboys level good, though, and not like yeah. elite. I don't know. I mean, the AFC's a mess, so it's hard to tell. But then after that, they really, you know, they beat the Eagles, the Panthers, who look horrible now, the Giants, the Patriots in overtime, um, uh -huh. the Vikings. You know, they're a good team, but I think if you're going to beat, if you're going to go beat the Chiefs and the Raiders and the Saints and the Cardinals to close out the season or win three of those four, then all right, we're talking about using a contender. But I'm just kind of waiting to see if they do that. I, I went into this past week really thinking they were one of the top teams in the league, but to get blown out by Teddy Bridgewater and the Broncos especially when we've seen the Cowboys have their bumps in the road before after hot starts this season. Um, I'm just, I'm waiting and seeing, we'll see what happens with Dallas. Um, I still think they're a good football team, but I'm not sure if they're in the top three in the NFC. Like I thought maybe they were a week ago, but it's crazy with how much changes in a week. Uh, speaking yeah. of change, uh, just me, Pooh shimmy says, can we talk about how underwhelming the Bucks offense has been? I was expecting historic numbers still winning Super Bowl, but just disappointed. I don't well, know what I am so confused here. The Bucks are first in points per game across the entire NFL, 32.5 points per game. They're first in passing yards per game, not even close, by the way, between I think they're like 22, 25 yards per game more than the next closest team, and one of only two teams over 300 yards. Tom Brady's on pace to set almost every single season record for quarterback play that exists and and throw 53 touchdowns would be second best all time. Uh, you know, they're 
running the ball way better than they ran it last year. Clear improvements in that area. They're third overall in total yards per game. Uh, I don't know. Like this is if you're underwhelmed with the Bucks offense, you're underwhelmed with the league as a whole offensively, I guess, because they're the best in the <laughs> league by most measures. I think DVOA, I think uh, ESPN's FPI predicts them to be the best team the rest of the regular season. Um, yeah, I don't know. They're, I think their offense has been outstanding. I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I get this one. Yeah, I, I, I agree. But another team whose offense has been outstanding as well, you know, Kyler Murray and, and the Cardinals, they've been doing some great things. And I got a question for you, John, mm-hmm. because this Bucks team, we know the schedule. We've lo- talked about it. We've looked at it. We know the schedule by heart for the Bucks. The Cardinals are currently seven and one. Um, they're, they're the top team in the league right now. And their schedule is fairly decent. They have the Panthers. They have the Seahawks twice. They have the Bears, the Lions, the Cowboys, Colts, and Rams. Is this a is this a, a team that the Bucks can wrestle that number one seed away from? Because currently, right now, if you look at the playoff picture, you know Cardinals got that number one seed locked up. Is that something? Is that an attainable goal for the Bucks at this point in time for the rest of the season? Do you think? Eight and one, too. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, it's attainable for sure. I don't know if it'll happen or not. I think the Cardinals will lose another game. Um, so we'll see what the tiebreaker is. It comes down to then if the Bucks went out, uh, can the Bucks went out? Absolutely. They can win out. I mean, I already saw people asking me about the bills game. You know? Yeah. The bills just don't look right. I don't know what's going on, man. It's bizarre, but the, you lose the jab. how do you lose to Jacksonville? Six points. It's the Jaguars. Like this is worse than all the other ones, dude. Like this is supposed to be maybe the best team in the NFL lost to a bottom feeder who's won two games since 2019. <laughs> I just don't understand how that happens, man. Like, this is a bad culture. This everything. Trevor Lawrence missed, like, a couple drives, didn't he? Like, yeah, just... he threw for, like, 140 yards. <laughs> the, one of the most trash regular season losses I've ever seen. I just don't know how. You, you can let it be close. You can get an ugly win. But you can't lose no. to the Jaguars. You can't. <laughs> I can't take oh. you seriously. It's, it's I don't know a, what to take seriously in the AFC. It's a it's mess. A tough L. The AFC is just a complete disaster right now. There's like 18 teams in a 16-team conference that are vying for the playoffs right now. Oh besides the Jags and the Jets, and you lost to one of them. Oh, oh it's, man. it's bad. It's it's horrible. But how the freaking Jaguars, man. Like you cannot let that happen. No. That is so bad to me. And just uh, the, <laughs> just have their defense blank you. Shout out to the Josh Allen, though. Josh Allen doing yeah, his thing. Yeah, the Josh Allen game. We should have talked about Allen it. Game, yeah. yeah. You know, what do you have? Picked uh, him off, recovered a fumble sack. off him, and sacked him. Yeah. The Josh yeah. Allen trifecta. Unbelievable. <laughs> really funny game. For a 9-6 game, it was pretty entertaining, honestly. But I, <laughs> oh, you can't, like, I just need to know, like, how, like how many times has a team gone on to be in the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl losing to a – but when they lost to a two or three win team in the regular season? Like I don't know how many – no, it's different. Lose to Denver. Team, though? What's that? I think you even think the Jaguars win another game. I don't Probably, think so. Maybe not. I mean not. one more maybe, but that would make them a three-win team. So a th- can you can you have lost to a three and 14 team and win or be in the Super Bowl? Like statistically, I would love to look up and see, and maybe people memory you better than mine, and they can, you know, talk about like how you know how often that happens, basically, um, or if that has happened before, or something like that has happened. But I just don't know that that's happened very many times where you lose to 
an objectively bad team. Like we were freaking out that the Bucks lost to the Bears. We still freak out about that. And they went on to win the Super Bowl. The Bears actually made the playoffs. They weren't good, <laughs> but they made the playoffs. That like this is we're playoffs. literally talking about one of the worst teams and one of the worst franchises in the NFL. And Forever. it's been a couple years in a row now. To just go out there and lose? <laughs> what do you mean a it's couple a, years? Yeah, they, they had that one season where they with, with what was it? Blake Bortles at the helm in that awesome defense. And then that was like going back to Mark Brunel years. It's the only time they've ever been successful. Gosh. David Garrard, Byron yeah. Leftwich, you name the quarterbacks I mean, down there. Yeah. They've never been great. Yeah, and no, you just lose to them as the Bills. I, Super Bowl and, favorites. <laughs> and the crazy thing is I still think the Bills might be the best AFC team. Like yeah. I really do. The AFC is just that much of a mess that they might lose nine to six to the Jags and go on to represent the Super Bowl. Once you get to the game, who knows what happens? They're a really talented football team. Still they'll get it figured out because they do have good organizational leadership over there, but to what degree, I don't know. And I also don't know what degree it takes to win the AFC. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, that's enough. We've ripped on the bills enough. I'm sorry. Uh, I've also praised the bills up and down. So bills bucks, it's going to be fun in a couple weeks. I'm excited for that one. You know what else I'm excited for? I'm excited to lose. I mean, to get more money this week at my bookie. <laughs> more is always better. And that's why my bookie instantly doubles all your first time deposits. With double the funds, you can double your action and more importantly, double your wins. Getting in on the action has never been easier. I can bet with all my favorite currencies, including crypto. And with all that extra scratch, why not get in on the biggest matchups of the week at my bookie? As we inch closer to the NFL playoffs, there are some pivotal games to be on the lookout for this weekend. We're already looking ahead here, including a showdown between division rivals when the 49ers, the disappointing 49ers, take on the Rams. Behind MVP candidate Matt Stafford, you can tell they wrote this before this past week. The Rams are looking to continue <laughs> rolling as they take on the fierce 49er defense. The Rams are legit. Bet on them to cover the spread. Don't wait. Head to my bookie today to redeem your double deposit bonus so you can get in the game and start winning now. Use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R is the promo code, to receive double your first deposit instantly. That's promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, so you can double your funds to double your winnings anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. All right, JC, we've talked about the state of the NFC now. Let's look ahead a little bit. Right now, the Bucs are third in the playoff picture if the playoffs were to begin today, which they do not. Why do we look at this stuff this early? I don't know, but uh, we're looking at it anyway, and I think they've got a good shot, like we said, at the one spot. Look at the rest of their schedule. The Bills, the Bills, and the Saints <laughs> are the only teams left with winning records, but at the same time, Here's the tricky thing. Although this past week was favorable for the Bucs in terms of helping them, bumping them up a little bit in those seedings, and then also just the general outlook, I think, around them. Some of the next opponents looked like they were a little bit better this past week. The Washington, obviously, on their bye as well. So this next game, we didn't gain any clarity on the 2-6 and six Washington football team. But the Giants, who they play in Week 11, looked a, a little bit better. They pulled a big win over the Raiders. I guess offensively, they didn't really do that much. The Raiders kind of tank themselves maybe yeah. so maybe not but the the colts have looked better recently uh we'll see i mean hey, it was the jets jets <laughs> and they gave up like 500 yards passing to josh johnson <laughs> so, i'm like talking myself out of all the points that i wanted to make yeah, and I, then uh the falcons the falcons are a little better defensively they've been tough they've been yeah. really tough defensively been a tough, well, we'll, yeah. see. well they were tough in, the, in week two too as well yeah yeah you know, it yeah. took two mike still edwards gave, still gave up the <laughs> The Bills looked worse, Saints looked worse, and then the Panthers do back to back at the end. Scott wrote in the mailbag today, 
even if the, he's something like one of his points in the end of it was even if the Bucks split with the Panthers, I'm like, buddy, if the Bucks split with the Panthers, Blaine Gabbert was playing week 18 because this, <laughs> no, buddy. And of course, oh, did not Scott won't, bl- yeah, I took, I took it there with Blaine Gabbert, Scott, uh, because there's no way, like, if they split with the Panthers, that's so bad. I think the Panthers could be the worst team in the NFL over the second half of the season. Like, yeah. Darnold's going to get benched. They've got some injuries. They just lost their center for the year. Cam Irving left tackle might be out for the year. I'm out for an extended period of time. The offensive line was already one of the worst in the league. You got P.J. Walker out there, you know, <laughs> ready to finish off the year. No disrespect, but no disrespect, but it could be brutal. It could be brutal in Carolina the rest of the year. There's some unrest. Defensively, they're good, but they're not that good. They trade a second and what, a fourth-round pick for Sam Darnold? Ouch! That's that's it's so uh, bad. That coach yeah, is Justin like, Fields, Mac Jones. Yeah. <laughs> it's so they, bad. That like, coach is literally like, we can't do this another week. Like this is terrible. Sam, Darnold, I can't remember. Trump, send it. <laughs> oh, I. I mean, people we'll were. Want to then sign Stephon Gilmore and sign and, and trade for CJ Hud, <laughs> CJ Henderson. You know, we're, we're good. Oh, Trading wow. for people, buyers at the deadline, all this stuff. Like they're a contender. I can't. Man. I think Stephon Gilmore definitely probably. I'll call right now. Gilmore has at least one pick in one of those games against Brady. Okay, Watch. so you also think Gabbert plays then? <laughs> 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 now we'll see. I mean, maybe their defense is good. Like I said, their defense no. is good. It just you have to be so good as a defense today to deal with an offense that bad. That's a good question, though. If let's okay, let's say the Bucks have everything goes falls the Bucks way, right? They don't lose another game. And and then January 9th comes up, and that Carolina Panthers matchup. Uh, they got the bye week locked up. There's I don't know if Bruce, I don't know if Bruce is a guy who's gonna you know rest his starters. I think maybe take him out early, but I don't yeah. think he rests. What do you what do you I mean? Do you think he's gonna rest guys? Just say, hey, take the week off. Maybe like JPP or Sue I have no or clue. I don't think I have no clue. You? I can't even think that far ahead. I have no clue. Here's the other thing. I don't really even care about the bye week, to be honest. Like sometimes I think there's a real advantage to just keep playing. Like yeah. I really do. I I think that. I don't know if there's any proof for that. And the pro analytics people would probably get mad at me, but I just don't know if it matters. Now, home field advantage, I do think it matters, but they wouldn't they'd be playing at home probably in the second round if they were the two seed or something. Yeah. So you know, they're probably not playing on the road. So you just still chance for the one seed to get knocked off. And there's so much parity this year. I'm just saying it might not matter this year. It could matter for the home field thing, but it just might not. I'm not if, I'm not preoccupied with it. If a team is going to take that one seed and get knocked off, you know, uh, Arizona, pretty young team. They've got some veteran guys on there, but this is yeah. the team that I think they they are going to benefit from playing that first week other than getting that bye week. I don't you know. There's a lot of guys on that team that don't have that playoff experience, including the head coach, and I think yep. that would mess up their momentum. So if, if I'm looking for a team, hey, if any team's going to get the one seed that's not the Bucks, I yep. think Arizona's got the biggest shot to lose that first week over teams like Green Bay or right. – now, now we'll see if the Bucks look great coming out of the bye week and blow out Washington, which is a possibility, even if they weren't coming off a of bye week, <laughs> um, then I, you know, maybe I changed my mind and I'm all about that bye. But even though they changed a lot of things out of the bye last year, they didn't look good against or against Minnesota last year out of the bye. I mean, that was not one of their better games of the year on offense or defense. It was they they were not good. So, yard rusher. Yeah, I mean, they gave up the hundred yard. You know, then frankly, Minnesota's kicker spontaneously combusted and that was kind of why Tampa won and I mean obviously offensively they did enough things but they weren't smooth by any stretch of the imagination in that game and so it wasn't until after that that they started really 
hitting their stride. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, lots to learn still about this team. Okay, let us talk about the Tom Brady. Well, let's talk about injuries uh, first, and then we'll talk about the Tom Brady MVP conversation because I have I have at least one more rant in me today, JC. I think <laughs> um, the injury situation. It seems like like we mentioned about Antonio Brown probably maybe not playing this week. We'll see. Bruce Aarons did not sound super optimistic today. Gronkowski is going to be question mark. Carlton Davis will stay on injured reserve, he said. So, um, you know, for Carlton Davis, that basically means once they open his window, he has 21 days to play. If his window gets open next week, which is a possibility, then he could be back. He could play in the Giants game, but he may be more likely the Colts game. Um We'll see. Uh, with Carlton, be back Davis. by the Bills, no matter what. You'd be back by the Bills, no matter what, if they opened it that week, yeah, because it'd be yeah. the yeah, it'd be a couple, yeah, possibly so, the Falcons, possibly the Falcons, yeah. It depends when they open it, but you know, everybody's yeah. looking at that Bills game for sure. I think. Um, the other part of this is that Sean Murphy Bunting is coming back uh, from injured reserve. He practiced today. He looked good in practice. Bruce Arians said looked really good. Scotty Miller as well. So those two should be returning to the fold soon. Because they open their window to practice during the bye week, JC, that means, in my understanding, of their 21 days started then. So that means they have, if they don't play this week, then they're definitely playing by the Giants game or right. they're out for the year. Right. right. Yeah. Right. That's Which I don't think either of us expect them to be out for the year. So it's either this week or next week for SMB and Scotty Miller, how much they play out, how fast they play. We'll see. Richard Sherman will be back. Sounds like D Delaney will be back as well. Uh, no mention of him today as a concern. So that was be- the cornerback room in a little bit of an interesting yes. spot, right? SMB, yeah. where does he play? Is he the left cornerback, outside cornerback now in base? Richard Sherman would go to the bench, I'm assuming. He'd be the emergency fourth corner now. Ross Cockrell probably stays in the slot, all situations. I would imagine that won't change as long as Carlton Davis is out. So Sean Murphy bunting is now your left outside corner and you just keep Dean on the right side, right? You can't move Dean the way he's playing and you got to keep Cockrell in the slot, I guess. So the, the question also becomes too is depth. What do you do? You, you brought in all this cornerback depth. Who's the first guy to go? If you bring it, if you're bringing back Scotty Miller and you're bringing back um, Sean Murphy Bunting, you got to make two di- difficult decisions on this team, on this roster to release guys. So who's the first guy to go? Is it Pierre Desir? Is it Rashad Robinson? You know, yeah. wh- where where are they taking these guys out? Because Rashad Robinson hasn't really played much at corner, but he's been a standout on special teams as a gunner. Uh, is it Pierre Desir who made a pick, you know, the week before, but kind of got a little torched by Kevin White, that of all people? Yeah, one play, a missed tackle. I think, yeah. I, I think you're dead on the money. That's how you keep it, right? Sean Murphy Bundy goes back outside. Jamel Dean stays outside. And Ross Cockrell is, is your nickel guy. But the question to me becomes more of a depth situation. I agree. Who goes and who stays? I think who's the fourth guy? Who's who's active? If you have keep if you keep five guys, who's even the fourth guy? Do we know Sherman's the fourth guy or is it Delaney? Well, that's what I'm that's what I'm yeah. saying too. I mean, I don't does Sherman at any point become expendable to this team once Jamel Dean comes back? Because I mean, yeah. not Carlton Davis comes back because of his limitations as an outside guy, because of his limitations in speed, his age, and, and or or do they try to keep him on there as that coach on the sidelines type corner? You know, it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I I agree with you. Uh, real quick, just to address this, just me, Pooh, Shimmy, John. Teams of the buy get the Super Bowl at a much higher rate than non buy teams. The ratio is crazy, but that was before the playoff changes. Agreed. And am I, I am aware of that stat? However, I will add this to it: uh, the context of Brady in New England's dominance in the AFC 
greatly skews the statistic and just the fact the AFC was so top heavy for so long. I mean, it was basically Peyton, Ben or Brady for the other than the Flacco year for like 20 years. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, you know, those guys were getting the buy and then, you know, two teams were getting the buy first of all, too. So that changes things right there. That's double your percentages. And so like, like just me, Pushimi mentions here just before the playoff changes. So the playoff changes have changed that a lot, in my opinion, now you've just got one team. And so you've got, you know, less of a chance of this continuing yeah. uh, plus parity in the NFL is at an all time high this year. You, you know, a lot of years, the one seed is also just clearly the best team and that, that impacts things regardless of where they play. So I'll add that to the conversation, but it is a good point by just me, Pooh, shimmy. Um, Okay. Uh, yes. Good points by you on the defensive backfield. Um, Tom also brings up a great point that Herb Miller is now available. Uh, the Browns cut him. So if the oh. uh, the Bucks want to add to the confusion in their corner room, um, they can. I just don't think Richard Sherman is going to be the guy that's gone. Pierre Desir could be the guy that's gone or Shard Robinson could be the guy that's gone. Um, you know, we could move somebody back to the practice squad, I guess. Um, eventually we'll see. But when Carlton comes back, that's when it gets really interesting with Richard Sherman. We'll wait to have that conversation. That's oh. when I, that's when I don't know where he goes because he's not going to be the fifth corner because special teams and he's not going to play over Ross Cockrell. So he's the that's sixth a, corner then, but that, we get, that's we a question there. That. Cause you got Rob, Rob, you got Rashad Robinson, you yeah. got Pierre Desir, you got Dita Laney and you got Richard. Maybe, Trump. maybe he goes the AQ Shipley route and coaches coaches. Yeah. The year. It's possible. I, I, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm not sure what happens, but all I know is this. If Sean Murphy Bunting's back against Washington, I don't think we'll see Richard Sherman play defense a whole lot, unless Murphy Bunting needs to be on some kind of a pitch count, right? I'm going to I'm gonna call right now. I think Richard Sherman is released in favor of DiDolini. Wow, what if both of them that. stay? Well, this week, both of them will stay, right? I mean, they've yeah, got yeah, the I'm three. Yeah, when Carlton Davis when comes back. back. Unless they keep six corners, which I don't think they would. Why would you keep six corners? You need the depth somewhere else. Yeah. potentially but you know can you really you got a guy like Rashad Robinson who has already been called up twice even if you get him back on the practice squad you can't use him in in regular games unless you sign him so he be kind of comes irrelevant right like you can't bring him up anyway so what are you going to do put him on there in case there's an injury he knows you and then same thing yeah has, has Pierre Desir been raised I don't remember maybe once I don't remember I don't know here's the thought they could keep six corners Ross Cocker would be your fourth safety as well. Andrew Adams could move back down potentially. Okay. That's cool. a thought. Also, Steve McClendon could get cut. He's been inactive for a couple weeks yes. in a row. Or they could cut one of those linebackers, one of those rookie linebackers that are bad. But to keep Richard Sherman, I mean No, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's it doesn't it, make you sense. Know, I, I yeah, I agree. I I I don't see a whole I don't see a lot of avenues once Carl Davis is back, but we got a ways before that happens. It seems like a couple weeks at least. So we'll see what yeah. happens. And we'll, there could be another injury. We, we don't know. Um, yeah, so, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Interesting, so, it's just interesting right. to see how it plays out. It is it's getting yeah. more guys back, you know? So. Right. Right. Um, and then Scotty Miller, who goes in for Scotty Miller? That's another question too. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I think right now it's pretty easy, right? Scotty Miller's going to be up and then, you know, you probably won't need to bring Cyril Grayson up if Scotty Miller's back. And so you get him in there as a fourth guy and Darden's going to cut guy. somebody. Oh, who are you going to cut? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, cut somebody. I mean, is I mean, who's we're, up? Again, we're or you just at... have to move Grayson back down. What is? How's it work? Oh, he's he's he he's was back. Just he's down anyway. Um, yeah. So you're looking at maybe Grant Stewart because you're yeah, probably yeah. Re really you know you're looking at Peter Zier, Robinson, Grant Stewart. You got one of the Steve corners. One of, yeah, one of the corners will go down. Then you're cutting two. Now you're cutting two Bunting. corners. Right, right. One of them will go down for Murphy Bunting. Then interesting. Yeah, maybe it's Stevie Mac. Maybe the time has come. I don't know. 
Yeah, I mean, he's not playing. He doesn't help the team unless somebody yeah. gets hurt. If somebody gets hurt, and I'm all about it. bring an OBJ, it comes even more complicated. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's talk about the last thing we got to talk about on today's show is Tom Brady's MVP odds Ooh. because they are suddenly out of control. Good. No Who could have seen this coming? Only all of us here. But first – we got to talk about our friends over at Whiskey Wings in Temple Terrace. Whiskey Wings Sports Bar and Grill. Look at that chicken. I'm so hungry. I barely eat the same. I'm really I know Every time I get on this pod, I say the same thing. I barely eat But seriously, look at that chicken sandwich. It's actually – I've had it. It's bigger than it looks even in that picture. Unbelievable chicken sandwich. They've just got great food in general. Go yeah, check out their burgers, meals all week. Fries. Great place to take the fam uh, for a dinner this week. Thanks. Or or great place to get some takeout or great place to go this weekend, especially for the college games. they got an indoor-outdoor yeah. bar. It's a, it's just an awesome place. They've been open about a year now, and it's very clean. It's yeah. the service is great. It's just a great place to go hang out. Um, and so, yeah, check it out. Uh, check it out. Whiskey Wings in Temple Terrace, um, North Fifty Sixth Street. Uh, WhiskeyWings.com. You can check out all the promotions and specials that they have there. Great place to watch the game, watch some football if you're looking for a spot this weekend. No question about that. Also, I would be remiss if I did not continue on to mention our friends over at LivingGolfLife.com. Look at those polos. Look at the hat. They've got some new stuff coming out as well. You can follow them on Instagram and see some of that at Living Golf Life on IG. LivingGolfLife.com. Check out all the stuff that they've got. They got koozies over there, glasses. The polos are so comfy. Matt Matera is always talking up the polos. You always see me rocking the hat. I love the Living Golf Life hat. They've got new hats on the way as well. So, yeah, check out LivingGolfLife.com. Golfing is a lifestyle. If you're getting out on the course, by the way, unbelievable weather right now. <laughs> Gotta love it. If you're getting out of the course uh, this week, uh, during living up the bye week a little well, bit more. Your first, is this your first like early fall? Well, we moved here in December, so yeah, first November oh, okay. in Florida. Yeah, yeah. So That's been nice. been here almost a year now. So yeah, it's so yeah. LivingGolfLife.com, great place to get you suited up for the course, or great place to ask for gifts or get gifts for other people this Christmas season, this holiday season, Christmas or Thanksgiving. I guess either way, you can make it happen. So check out LivingGolfLife.com. For all that great stuff for them. Okay, Tom Brady's MVP odds, JC. Oh, oh. He is suddenly the MVP front runner. Oh my gosh, this is shocking. The guy that leads the NFL in touchdown passes, passing yards, pretty much every major category, and is on pace to set NFL single season records for passing yards, for pass attempts, for pass completions, and be second all time or second uh, best single season touchdown passing mark. He's on pace for 53. The record is 55. Still think he can get there. He's already, I think he's already, he's on pace for the record for most four, most games with four plus touchdown passes and most games with five plus touchdown passes in a single season for a quarterback. I think Peyton has the records for both of those right now, but he's on pace to break them both. And yeah, so that's where we're at with Tom Brady. Shocker, this guy who plays the most important position in the league and is also quarterback in one of the best teams in the league who is the defending Super Bowl champion and is maybe the greatest, is the greatest football player to ever live. He's the MVP frontrunner. But yet we're just still going to get on Twitter and we're going to talk about how improbable this is. And if he wins, it's winning by default. And all these other players are clearly it's, better just because they're newer and sexier and more uh, fun names. And it's just terrible. <laughs> it's absolutely maddening. Like maddening. Like you even, John, let's take out his age. These numbers are insane. Like, I'm saying, dude. Like, and yet he, nobody wants to talk about him as an MVP. 44 years old. And you add that in and you're like, what is going on here? And then you look at, okay, he's got five interceptions. One of them was a Hail Mary, which 
whatever. It doesn't yeah. really count. The other one was was Leonard Fournette just playing patty cake with the ball, tipped it into someone else's hands. So really not on him either. Like, and then the other the other one was the blatant, you know. Right. right. I mean, you're asking them to look at tape. First of all, you can't yeah. do that. Oh, but even if that. you don't, and you, you just look hit. at a box score, and you see him all season long at the top of the league, and he throws four touchdown passes and 375 yards against the Saints, and people are saying, well, he's out of the MVP conversation now. It's like, That's do like, any oh. of you understand how these things work? Even if he actually sucked against the Saints, which he didn't, he would still be in the MVP conversation because it's a numbers-based award, and he is winning in all of the numbers-based categories. So That's what are thing. we talking about? They want to make it a most valuable player award now. The year that Tom Brady is just killing it records-wise, they're like, you know, well, yeah, I mean, of course he's most valuable, but who else is most valuable to their team? Well, not only is Tom most valuable, he's actually has the best stats, and it's just, it's absolutely insane that they're gonna that they're trying to. If Kyler didn't miss this game, he would still be the front front runner for MVP. He's still right there. I mean, you look at and Brady. You know what the crazy thing is, right? Um, according to um, uh, BR betting, um, he Tomardy's not even just a front runner. He's tied, He's tied. at three fifty with Josh Allen and Kyler Wait a minute. right there. The Jaguars, Josh Allen, because that's the only one I <laughs> recognize Josh on this Allen. show right now. <laughs> I only recognize the Jaguars, Josh Allen on this show because this Josh Allen right here, my co-host, could have been better than the other Josh Allen, the Bills, Josh <laughs> Allen. This family, I mean, come on, like. Which Josh Allen? Like he's oh tied. They're both tied at plus three fifty. And Kyler even missing a game is right there plus seven fifty. This is from from today. This is the eighth today. These these are today's numbers. It's Kyler just, Murray and Lamar Jackson insane. both should be ahead of Bills Josh Allen. And I'm somebody who ranked Bills Josh Allen ahead of both of them going into the year. I if we're talking long term, that's a different conversation. You know, somebody just Lamar Jackson. Here, somebody just isn't even ahead here. of Matt Afford. Yeah. Somebody just mentioned here, John Donata saying you're completely innocent in this endeavor. You've come on this show more than once and have said that Pat Mahomes is a more talented, better quarterback. Yeah, Pat Mahomes is the most talented quarterback in the this NFL. What Jordan. are we talking about? Like, how is this King Jordan on here? Like, it- we're not talking about this season. This MVP award is for this season. That's it. Oh so it God. doesn't matter who you are. If you're balling this year, you should be MVP. Like, it doesn't matter. Pat Mahomes is not balling this year. So he shouldn't be the MVP. Like there's been years Aaron Rodgers, who's unquestionably amazing, hasn't balled out. So he's not in the MVP conversation. This has nothing to do with who's the best quarterback right now in the league or any of that stuff. Mahomes isn't having a great year. Neither is the Chiefs in general. So yeah, he's not in the conversation. Doesn't have anything to do with who is the best seat quarterback coming into the year. Charlie, come on. He's talking about this season. This season, Tom Brady is the best. Period. Did you hear Cam Jordan's argument for what Charlie's saying? He's like, I don't think Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. You know, he's he's definitely most accomplished. But that was a while ago, right? Did he say that? Yeah, it's just it's insane. I mean, the fact that, like I said, the fact that he's even tied with Josh Allen right now, ahead of guys like Kyler Murray, who I get it, he missed the game. Matt Stafford plus eight hundred after last night's performance over Lamar Jackson, over Aaron Rodgers, who both missed games, is just insane to me insane to me i just we we don't need to go back and rewrite what people have already done in their careers in order to make a case for somebody to win mvp this year that's like my point like we don't need to go back and pretend like pat mahomes hasn't been unreal unreal unfathomably good for his nfl career until the last what five six games basically 
We don't need to do a recency bias and use that to like take, he's out of the conversation this year. We don't need to act like he wasn't good before or act like he has not been good or great or elite or any of those things. We just need to focus on what's happened this year and who's good this year. And same thing with Josh Allen. We don't need to go back and say he wasn't unbelievable and in the MVP conversation last year. He was. This year, he just should not be. He's not been that good. Kyler Murray and Lamar Jackson have both been better and more valuable to their teams. And neither of those guys have been as valuable or as good as Tom Brady has been. It's not that yeah. complex. Yet when I go into it, and I love like Ben Baldwin's my dude, obviously. Like I quote his stats all the time. And I see just the general dialogue between, oh, Brady might win this by default. I'm like, by default, he's going to set every single season passing record at 44 years old and throw 53 touchdowns. And this is by default. Like anyone who would ever do that would win MVP. Like I, I just am not sure that I get the dialogue, except that it's just voter fatigue and people are tired. I get it of Tom Brady, but this is why I Brady's hope we don't miss out on how awesome this is. Still, which is like, why Brady's is- only won the award three times, and Belichick's only won the head coach award, you know, three times. And you know, just people want. I mean, I'm surprised people aren't getting getting sick of Aaron Donald winning the MVP, or you know, or yeah. Or, uh, uh, what's his oh, name? JJ Watt. He won it three times. Yeah, right. So it, it's that's it, why Aaron Donald hasn't won it what five six times in a row, right? <laughs> People want to pick somebody else. That's yeah, it. That's it's crazy. Reason. I can't yeah. wait to see when the ballots come out to see the one person who who like gives him like a third place voting. Like, what are you doing here? What <laughs> Long we- last laser with a valuable shout out for Justin Tucker as league MVP. That's <laughs> why I rant on this whole situation though. I just think it's so goofy. Like, we're so voter fatigued with Tom Brady that we're not even acknowledging this season. And I, I really think the best football for the Bucks is, is up ahead. We'll see. They obviously have to prove it. Um, but yeah, the schedule is obviously favorable, but also I think Brady's just playing at a really high level right now. And, and so is the rest of the offense where last year, I don't know if that was the case. And as the defense gets healthier, um, they're set up to do some pretty special things this throughout the rest of this regular season. I think they've got to keep their focus, cut down on penalties, stop being a team that beats themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, they should, they should, you win out or you know lose no more than one game the rest of the yeah. season, I think, and that'll obviously help in the conversation. I do think Brady's going to be in position to win that thing. We'll see. We got a long way to go. And obviously, I'm not saying he's the only. Kyler Murray and, and Lamar Jackson are having awesome seasons. Murray might miss another game that might affect things. Lamar is having a kind of funny season because he's incredible, incredible, and incredibly valuable. He's also the reason they get in some of these holes <laughs> because he throws a couple bad picks. I think he has seven picks on the year. Well, they just give him bad. weapons. I yeah. mean, and then he just, he's like making it harder for himself. To. Yeah, Bateman's back now, and so Marquise Brown's definitely better, and Mark Andrews, obviously. So he's finally got some people, and he, he clearly some making a difference. people, now. not some players. I mean, yeah. uh, Bateman will be good. They'll be good. They'll, I think be, Bateman will be good. I think yeah. he will once he gets yeah. you know his football legs. And Sammy him. Watkins will be back too from injury. So I mean, it's it's a good, it's a he best group he's ever Watkins, had. John. Best group he's ever had. Look at the Chiefs without Sammy. It is. Well, low well that's key, because the Chiefs MVP are so, candidate. That's because the Chiefs are so predicated on having that third guy, that third person in their offense, be a go-to, be able to actually do something. Unlike Miko Harmon and Byron Pringle, they they could have had. That's why Juju, they went. So Juju hard wanted, wanted to go. Juju wanted to go back and play with what's with left the better offs for excited to see that tonight at Monday Night Football. Oh, Choked down my dinner watching my quarterback play. <laughs> Uh, oh, that makes zero of us. Because I was being sarcastic. You're gonna spike your Celsius with a little volume. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> it would be great for Justin Fields to ball out against the team that should have traded up for him on national TV, though. That would be. We'll see if that happens. I don't know. The the Bears are pretty broken. 
could be a win, but we'll see. Yeah, you'll be walking right, well, G. Harris, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't blame you there. Uh, there's our thoughts kind of on this whole MVP conversation in the Bucks bye week. If you're looking for more of our thoughts, you can always catch them on Spotify Greener. Make sure you're subscribed or following, I should say, uh, Pewter Report on Spotify Greener. You can download it in the App Store, get it on Google Play, jump in there, talk music, sports, culture, all kinds of stuff. If you're an NBA fan like I am, just great, great conversations to jump into on there on occasion as well. You can take the mic and you can give your opinion. And sometimes Kevin Durant will just randomly pop up in some of these chat conversations <laughs> and give his two cents on whatever the topic is. And it can get pretty funny. So uh, get yourself over to Spotify Green Room, uh, download that app on the App Store and get it on Google Play as well. Uh, some fun conversations coming up on there, obviously. So check that out. All right, JC, we'll be back tomorrow. It's going to be Scott and either Matt or Casey or all three maybe. I'm not totally sure. Uh, Scott's running the show tomorrow, so we'll see. He'll, he'll, he can decide how he wants to run things. I have no idea what they're talking about tomorrow. So mystery topic. It's going to be a fun show though, as it always is on the Peter report podcast. And then Wednesday, Scott and I will be on to preview the upcoming game against the Washington football team. And then Thursday, Paul and I, Paul and I are taking over the yards. We're diving down deep into this Bucks team. We're going to go some schematic conversations about what is, what is best with this team, what they're doing best and what needs to be fixed and changed going into the second half of the season to get you all primed up and ready to go for week 10 and the Bucks return to action against the Washington football team. So we're excited for that. Make sure you're subscribed. We're very close to 6,000 subscribers. We would love your help in getting there. Even if you never want to watch us again and you say, wow, these guys are chumps, just hit that subscribe button out of the kindness of your heart. Just hit it. Just hit that button, sub up, and uh, we're like 100 people away from 6,000 subscribers. We Go can't ahead. wait to get there. We'd love your help getting there. So thanks so much for watching and tuning in uh, to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out. <laughs>